and welcome to Myth Monsters. My name is Erin and I'll be your host for these little snack bite-sized podcasts on folklore and mythical monsters from around the world. These podcasts focus on the actual cryptids, folklore and mythic monsters from global mythology, rather than focusing on the full stories of heroes and their big adventures. I'll also be dropping in some references that they have to recent culture and where you can see these represented in modern day content so that you can learn more and get as obsessed as I am about these absolute legends of the mythological world. Before we start, I have got to put out a correction from my Bokken Riders episode two weeks ago. I wasn't aware that Holland and the Netherlands were two separate things, so for all of my Dutch listeners, sincere apologies, and I know now that it's not Holland. I don't know where I got that from growing up, but hey-ho, I apologise. But back to normal scheduling, it's June, So it's the first week of summer, thank goodness it's definitely warming up here, which is lovely, but I am sure that in a few weeks I will be telling you how uncomfortable I am, so get ready for that. But this week we are actually heading somewhere quite warm and quite ancient, and going over to ancient Mesopotamia to look at an epic monster, the Bull of Heaven. The Bull of Heaven is a figure from Sumerian mythology, and is generally described as a godly bull sent by the ancient Mesopotamian goddess Inanna, who is sometimes known as Ishtar, and most commonly known as that as well, so I will be saying Ishtar instead of Inanna. This bull is only ever mentioned in the one myth of Gilgamesh, the legendary Mesopotamian hero who had an amazing epic written about him and his super journey through the ancient Middle East. The bull is of godly descent, and is typically thought of as a much larger and more aggressive bull than its usual form on the farm. However, this bull is sometimes described completely as an astral being, made up of starlight and constellations, which will come up later, I promise you. The Bull of Heaven only has one goal and motivation, to kill Gilgamesh and his companion Enkidu. However, its one power is to cause utter devastation to the land, drinking whole rivers and destroying crops. The gods sent the bull knowingly that it would cause the land seven years' devastation, and it truly wrecked havoc. It used its almighty breath to open up pits in the ground that swallowed 300 men, drank up the entire Euphrates River, and dried up all the marshes in the area, generally causing drought and famine across the land. I will go on to describe the myth more in a moment, but the bull meets its end at the hands of Gilgamesh and Enkidu just by mortal means. He has an axe wedged into his noggin, a sword thrusted into his throat, as well as being hacked into pieces by our heroic duo. So there was no immortality or anything particularly supernatural post the fact that it was blessed by a goddess and was abnormally big and had an equally big appetite. Now, I have talked about ancient Mesopotamia before in other episodes, but just in case you weren't aware, it was a whole civilization, and I'll talk more about the civilization in a minute, but it constituted of Samaria, Assyria, Babylon, and Akkadia, which geographically are Iraq, Turkey, Kuwait, and Syria. They had their own civilization as well as their own pantheon of gods, and they were completely separate too, and are still worshipped within modern-day pagans, who branch into that pathway of paganism within Mesopotamian mythology. But now, on to etymology. As you can imagine, there's not very much for this one, mainly because it is what it is. It's a bull, 
sent from heaven. There's no other way I can put it, to be completely honest. I can't even find a translation from the ancient Sumerian or whatever language it touches on within those civilizations. I can't find another translation. This is just what it is. So that's all I can tell you, honestly. The history and story behind this monster, though, is a lot more interesting. And of course, it comes with its own myth. The Bull of Heaven comes from the Epic of Gilgamesh, one of the world's oldest pieces of text and poems, dating all the way back to 2100 BC, which is over 4,000 years ago, considering we're in 2023 AD now. There are some debates whether it could have been a bit earlier, around 1800 BC, but we just don't know. However, what we do know is that it was written within the Bronze Age, during the Akkadian Empire of the Mesopotamian civilization. Now, this civilization was around all the way from 10,000 BC all the way to the 7th century AD in the 1600s. During this time, they experienced a whole load of things in a civilization, such as caveman way back when, a Roman takeover, which of course was particularly common around these kind of areas, and finally a Muslim conquest in the 600s, which officially ended the civilization and in turn paved the way for the countries involved, including their religion and culture in the modern day. However, one of the most significant events was the fall of Babylon in 539 BC, where one of the seven wonders of the world, the Hanging Gardens of Babylon, were destroyed forever. Now, there are debates on whether this existed at all. It was Julius Caesar's Seven Wonders of the World, so it could have been made up, but we really don't know. We lost a lot of these Seven Wonders. Alexandria and the library no longer exists, so it's really sad how we've missed out on a lot of bits of culture, and they're just not here to research anymore. Anyway, I can talk about the fall of ancient civilizations forever, but we'll talk about Gilgamesh now. So his story came from this epic, and it's all about him. He was the king of Uruk in Iraq, and he actually oppressed his people so much so that they asked the gods for help. Yeah, I know, this isn't how your usual hero story will work, and he is not your average hero. He actually starts off pretty bad. He was pretty awful as a king. And the gods actually responded to his people by creating him an equal that would challenge him, Enkidu, who he eventually went on to become pals with, because that's just a normal thing, I suppose. I'm not going to tell you the whole thing. The whole epic is 12 tablets long, but the whole gist of the story is that they go on loads of adventures together at the behest of some of the gods, because, funnily enough, Gilgamesh is not the greatest person ever. But it's an interesting one. I highly recommend you read it. But our story with the Bull of Heaven kicks in on tablet 6 where the Mesopotamian goddess Ishtar, or Inanna, who is the god of love, war and fertility, falls for Gilgamesh and puts it to him to become his mate. She really wants to hook up with him. However, Ishtar doesn't have the best track record with lovers, such as the god Damuzi, god of shepherds and actually Ishtar's husband, who she allowed demons to drag down to the underworld as her replacement when she descended that one time. Gilgamesh knows this and refuses Ishtar, who is mightily offended and goes back to her father, the god Anu, king of the gods and sky, to send the bull of heaven to avenge her. He flat out refuses, as it's a little bit much, and Ishtar threatens to raise the dead and destroy the living with them if he does not. 
Anu goes on to warn his daughter that if the Bull of Heaven is sent to Earth, there will be seven years of devastation. Ishtar knows this and provides him with seven years of provisions to account for it and to feed the people for this time. And Anu finally agrees. Ishtar lets the ball loose in Uruk and it does just that. Total devastation of the city, resulting in hundreds of deaths and a horrendous drought and famine. Knowing this is probably his fault, Gilgamesh and Enkidu go up against the ball, with the latter pulling the ball's tail to distract it, whilst Gilgamesh thrusts his sword into its throat and smacks it on the noggin with an axe, killing the beast. They cut the ball into pieces and actually throw the right thigh of it at Ishtar's face in disrespect, which I believe Odysseus does in the Odyssey as well. It's generally known if you throw a bit of meat at a god, it's really disrespectful. But they go on to have a massive feast to celebrate the bull's death. Ishtar, in contrast, is pretty offended, and she gets all of the prostitutes in the land to mourn for the bull, and curses Gilgamesh and Enkidu, where one of them must die as a punishment for slaying the bull. The gods eventually choose Enkidu, who quickly gets deathly sick and dies after dreaming of the underworld one night. The rest of the epic is pretty much Gilgamesh being really sad about his friend's death, and then actually realising his own mortality and getting deathly scared of his own. But yeah, that's generally how the Bull of Heaven fits into the epic. I hope you enjoyed that little tiny telling of Tablet 6, and maybe a little bit of Tablet 7. But some scholars say that the Bull of Heaven in this story is meant to represent natural disasters, such as earthquakes, famine, as bulls would generally compare to them within ancient times. Another is that they may represent summer and the coming of drought, infertility and death, which also gives Ishtar her perfect representation through an animal, much like how we would associate Aphrodite, who is Ishtar's equivalent in Greek mythology, with the dove. It's just generally one of those little animal linkages that they all have, and the sacred animals to them. Now, the Bull of Heaven is still with us to this day, but it's in the stars, the bull is most commonly associated with Taurus, the constellation, and the second star sign within the zodiac. It's sometimes said that Gilgamesh is also written in the stars within Orion, which faces Taurus to symbolise their combat. I actually think that's a very, very cool idea. <laughs> if you are born between April 20th and May 20th, you will know this sign well, and apparently you are stubborn as a bull too, being a Taurus. This is the most common explanation behind Taurus itself, but the Greeks thought it was Zeus, king of the gods, when he was abducting Europa in the guise of a white bull, or it might be his consort Io, who he turned into a cow to hide from his wife Hera. Another is that it might be the Cretan bull from Heracles' labours, but we just don't know. To ancient Egyptians, Taurus was the sacred bull who brought spring, and to the early Hebrews, it represents their first letter of the alphabet, Aleph. And honestly, there are loads of bulls within mythology throughout different cultures. Heck, I've told you just three from Greek mythology there. But the biggest mythical comparison is Gugalana, who is the husband of the queen of the underworld in Mesopotamian mythology, Ereshkigal, and the sister of Ishtar. His name directly translates to Wild Bull of Anu, and when Ishtar descends to the underworld in her own epic, named Ishtar Descends to the Underworld, she says that she's visiting for his funeral. 
Some scholars believe that Gugulana is in fact the Bull of Heaven. However, there is so little information on him as a god, it's really difficult to draw a full conclusion. This, of course, isn't helped by some of the epic tablets being missing or broken and damaged over time, and it's a real shame that we don't know more about this character and actually about this civilization and their pantheon of gods. Now, onto modern media. There is nothing on the Ball of Heaven, but I can cover some Gilgamesh media so that you can see their fight and the story that covers the Ball at least. You can kind of see them as a supporting character in these, so that'll do. For art, I would really recommend looking into independent art this week. There's a real lack of classic art for this, I'm afraid. However, there are some statues and stuff you can look at with the Bull and Gilgamesh, but again, I can't recommend them to you because there are no dates or artists attached for me to pass on. In movies, though, we have Eternals, the Epic of Gilgamesh, or the Unnameable Little Broom, Unlimited Blade Works, Heaven's Feel, Princess Mononoke, Gilgamesh, the Ark of the Sun God, Knights Templar Rise and Fall, and the Replacement Gods. For TV, we have Ancient Aliens, Gilgamesh, American Dad, The Tower of Draga, Fate Slash Zero, Fate Slash Stay Night, Star Trek, The Secret Saturdays, Hercules The Legendary Journey, and The Outer Limits. In video games, we have ones such as Smite, Fate Slash Grand Order, Fate Slash Stay Night, the Tower of Draga, Adventure Construction Set, Final Fantasy, Civilization 5 and 6, Scribblenauts Unlimited, Scribblenauts, Tales of Destiny, The Return of Ishtar, The Quest of Key, The Blue Crystal Rod, and Mechbreakers. My book recommendation this week is to just have a read of the Epic of Gilgamesh. It's a fantastic read, one of the oldest texts of humanity, and is full of monsters and adventures so I'd really recommend it. It's a fantastic read. Obviously, there is no author attached to it, but it's the same as Beowulf. I really recommend them as mythology fans that I assume most of you are. They're both just absolute classics, and they're fundamental to our modern-day literature, and they're just amazing bits of mythology too. But now it's time for Do I Think They Existed? I'm gonna say maybe for this one, but only because... It's literally a bull, and it has very few powers. It could just be your common neighbourhood cow, to be completely frank. It's also massively common within mythology for gods to bless cattle, or even curse people to be cattle. Most of the time, too, within all of these different myths, the cows either turn back into people, or they just run off and cause havoc and live in peace. They're usually never mentioned again. So actually, the Bull of Heaven is a little unique in the sense that he actually dies and meets his end, which most of them just go on to roam about forever. I do love the whole mythical cow image, though. I think it's a super interesting trope, and I also really love cows. My cousin is deathly scared of cows, and I think it's possibly one of the funniest phobias, but I do understand that they can run you over and that probably hurts. I did have a calf eat my entire hand at a farm once and use it as like a teething toy, which I thought was the cutest thing ever. However, I thought my cousin was going to pass out and I do tell people I fisted a cow in the mouth. Yes, yes I do. But what do you think? Did the Bull of Heaven roam the ancient Mesopotamian land? Let me know on Twitter. I would love to know what you think. It's a really interesting one this week. I really like monsters that overlap with gods. It does make them tricky to write up, I must say, and 
there was actually very little research on this monster too. It was quite tricky. But in comparison to last week and the immense description I can give on that one, this one is certainly lacking in comparison, but the history is much, much richer and more defined. But next week, we're heading over to the Caribbean for the first time, and we're looking at a vampiric entity from most of the islands, the Sakuyant. Join us next Thursday for this flying fireball of a monster. For now, though, thank you so much for listening. It's been an absolute pleasure. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give it a rating on the service you are listening on. I've got the Twitter for any questions or suggestions on what monsters to cover next, and I'd really love to hear from you. The social media handles for TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram are Myth Monsters Podcast, and the Twitter is Myth Monsters Pod. But all of our content can always be found at MythMonsters.co.uk, and you can find us on Good Pods, Buy Me a Coffee, and Patreon if you want to help me fund the podcast too. Come join the fun though, share this with your pals. They might love me as much as you do. But for now, stay spooky. I'll see you later, babes.